Here we are again for the week five review. Teed is in America. Matt Rule is now unemployed and Smithy is on top of the world after taking the piss most of the week. He's waving to people that can't see him. That's where he's at, our man. How are you? Mate, I am on cloud nine. This is a great time to be alive. This is the most alive I have felt in this short NFL season. I've got a massive smile on my face behind my microphone. I'm ready to go. Our man is fully pumped. We'll talk Well, we've half talked about why, but he's actually ripped the piss in a lot of other ways, mate. Let's start with the tips. How did you go? Yeah, I had a pretty good weekend, actually. Missed a few close ones. The surprise Uh, in your voice tells me pretty much everything I need to know. (laughs) Yeah, I went all right, actually. But I've I've got, I actually went 10 and 16. So it wasn't looking good in the early window. uh, And after Denver and Green Bay lost, but uh, 10 out of 16, I'll definitely take that. Yeah, 10 out of 16 for Dazzling as well. The old ESPN app had me as a 11, but I did not tip the Colts. And we will spend about two and a half seconds on that game when we get to it eventually. But our man Teed just up and left us with a casual 12, and he takes a, a two-vote lead. International man, international bubbles. He's been on fire lately, the boy with the tipping. I'm actually... Uh... Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned this is not a, a fluke and it's actually a trend. And, and a few weeks until he gets back, I'm guaranteeing you he's going 6 for 16 first show back. Yeah, yeah. He'll rip the piss <laughs> while he's away and then come back and the mojo will be gone. Yeah, absolutely it will be. Um, well, speaking of mojo, he has done something extraordinary with his lock. Now, before we get there, uh, I had the Niners over your Panthers. And it turned out we both won, mate. I got the Niners yep. right, and you got Matt Rule out the door. Yeah, I do want to thank you because um, I appreciate. No worries, mate. Yeah, it's nice it, to be it, nice. And I did publicly thank the San Francisco 49ers for being the reason that Matt Rule is gone, and I'll publicly thank you for locking them. It's uh, they're they're your third team, <laughs> the Niners. Yep. That's just yep. they'll hold a special place in your heart. Uh, you had the Eagles, mate. Who oh, that would have been? I don't think you were watching it live. Or you might have been, but that would have been nervous for you. I watched the first half live and felt very very comfortable. And then when I saw <laughs> the ending of the game, yeah, it was. Uh, they only just scraped home, but that's all you have to do in in the locks. It's just a matter of getting over the line. Doesn't matter how. Yeah, so last year it was basically just the Washington football team at that point, now the Commanders, that were the gripe of your existence. Are you at odds with any group team in the NFL more than kickers at the moment? Nah, I I think it's it's kickers. (laughs) Kickers are the the bane of my existence at the moment. I've got a bone to pick with another kicker later in the show. (laughs) Yeah, you do. It's extraordinary the amount of hate our man's got, but it's justified now. Let's Just do go your to job. Teed's lock. Yeah, you'd think so. You don't get hit. <laughs> well, not normally. If you do, something's gone very wrong. And, you literally yeah. get paid to do one thing and you can't even do it. But anyway, we'll get onto that later. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Of course, not forgetting there was a, I was reading a story, a college kicker uh, got concussed whilst going out on the field in a college game. So when the teams crossed over, one of his teammates he got taken out, ran straight through him and concussed him. The poor brick. So that's how you know it's not your day. But <laughs> speaking of your day, our man Teed has somehow ripped the piss out of a jinx. And if you're very confused, yep. Smithy's about to explain it. Yeah. So as we know, our man's in America, and he was staying in LA. So the first game 
NFL game he ever went to was the Rams versus the Cowboys on the weekend. And for anyone who's listened before, we know Teed is a diehard Cowboys fan. And he had the self-awareness to know he is that bad at locking that whoever he locked was going to lose. So he tipped the Cowboys during the show. And at the end of the show, he said, bugger this, I'm going to lock the Rams knowing that I'll jinx them and they'll lose. And he bloody pulled it off. Unbelievable (laughs) scenes. It was extraordinary. You and I were three quarters of the way to pissing ourselves. And now we have to bow to his genius, something I'm very uncomfortable in doing. Yeah, it's it, it's not something I had on my bingo card for 2022, mm. but um, I'm more than happy to say, Teed, well done, my friend. That's unreal. Yeah, unbelievable effort. Let's go to the certs, mate, because it could have been the perfect week. In the end, it is a winning week. And, I mean, you and the Vi- the Vikings might be second to kickers at this point, or maybe just Kirk Cousins himself, but they've cost you nearly an outstanding time. Yeah, the the Vikings, oh, they were up when they went up twenty one to three early, and I was watching it, and I thought, okay, this is good, you know, uh, that's a cert tick, yeah. got it. Yeah, nah, one of mine. Nah, they they managed to bugger it up somehow, and I got the push, so I ended up with three wins. Uh, obviously, the Niners and the Cowboys in the late window got over the line. The Browns just covered, so that was my three. I had the push with the Vikings, and unfortunately, your Miami Dolphins couldn't get it done for me. So, three one and one versus Collins two and three. So I go up a point and a half. You do, mate. So you've drawn it back from three down to one and a half down, and our man Colin is uh, on a downward spiral. He did say during his Colin right, Colin wrong segment, which I mean. You know, picking and choosing when you're right and wrong is an extraordinary way to be self-aware in the world. But he claims he's he's done some teed level math. He claimed he's eleven and ten, and five times five is twenty-five, and those two add up to twenty-one. Yeah, that is. So, so if anyone math. wants, so if anyone wants to explain that to me, now that works. It's extraordinary. Um, this man is getting paid seven figures, by the way. Yeah, exactly, and we're doing this for free. Uh, TDs, TDs. Now we haven't organized this. Do we know how he went? No, I, yeah, I know how he oh, went. So okay, cool. uh, he went One with the safest pick. He went with the safest pick in the NFL at the moment, and that's Jalen Hurts to score a rushing touchdown. He scored oh, two of them. So well done, Teed. Uh, really he had Damian Harris. Power there, yeah, man. Yeah, he really put his balls on the line with that one. But uh, <laughs> for, the, for the running back, he had Damian Harris, who unfortunately uh, injured a hamstring in the first quarter. So. Mm. I'm willing to give him a, a a push on that one. I'm willing to yeah, give him okay. a, a a pass because an injury yeah. in the first quarter is very unlucky. Mm-hmm. He had Devontae Adams today who scored two touchdowns. Beautiful work. He had Evan Engram from the Jags. And not only did he not score a touchdown, <laughs> the Jags didn't score a touchdown. So uh, definitely not your best pick. And defense special teams. The Buffalo Bills, who did cause two turnovers but couldn't take them to the house, so two and two will give him with a with a a mulligan we'll push. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I am not that it's my segment, but I'm none for one given the push that I gave for Christian Kirk. So I'll cop that yes. one on the chin as well. Let's get into the games, mate. And you're going to kick things off with the Browns and the Chargers. So I've got a few serious bones to pick about this game. Um, first of all, <laughs> b- before we get into any of that, 
the whole mm. the game as a whole, fantastic. It was one of the better games yeah. of the weekend. Really high quality encounter. We had the clash of the running backs, which was a clash of the Titans. Austin Eckler, 16 carries, 173 yards and a touchdown. And then you had Nick Chubb on the other side with 17 carries for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Unbelievable running back play in this one. Um, I did say that the Chargers were going to have trouble stopping the run. That turned out to be true. They had over 200 yards rushing, which was a massive effort. These guys were going back and forth. Offenses were making plays. And then the big mistake came from Jacoby Brissett. He was the first one to break down, goal to go. And he just threw a really bad interception. There was no need to throw that ball. He could have scrambled and picked up some yards, but he went for the all or nothing play and got nothing. So, Daz, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you to put your coach hat on here, mate. You've been playing a lot of Madden recently, so I, I trust you. I trust you to work the situation out. <clears throat> there is a minute to go. You are up by two points. Mm-hmm. It is fourth and two on your own 45-yard line. The opposition has no timeouts. Oh, punt. They're not how getting many 75. Time, how many times out of 100 do you punt? Uh, 101. They're not yeah. going 75 yards down the field to score. And if they do, and if it's Jacoby Brissett, I mean, your defensive coordinator needs the sack. So punt. Yep. Surely they did That's that. The- that's the only correct answer. Brandon Staley went for it. And not only did he go for it, he threw a 50-50 ball to Mike oh, no. Williams. Oh, no. That was incomplete. Please deny this, Brandon. So Brandon Staley, I've been. how long have I been on the Brandon Staley mm. as a clown bandwagon? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, you have wanted to order the man makeup in the past, to all be fair. He was part of my coaching hot seat earlier in the year, and I definitely mm. still believe that to be true if he keeps pulling shit like this it was irresponsible and it should have cost them the game but now to my second bone to pick katie York, the rookie kicker <laughs> he's a rookie <laughs> come on smith you gotta, be, you gotta be better than that i would be a bit more lenient on him i would because rookie in the nfl i know it can be difficult but this man does nailed a 58 yarder in week one like it was nothing to beat my panthers yeah, it would have gone 10 would, more yards if it could that have. Kick, that kick would have been good from 70, and that's no <laughs> yeah. word of a lie. He made it look easy. And then ever since then, he missed the extra point against the Jets to lose them the game. Mm-hmm. He missed a field goal last week against the Falcons in a game they lost by three and then missed the game-winning field goal here. Cade, are you good or are you not? Are <laughs> you just saving it to break my heart? Like, come on, my friend. You've just cost your team the game. Brandon Staley should send Cade York this week's paycheck because Brandon Staley's got some heat on him. It would have been a lot hotter if they had lost this game because that play call was one of the most egregious coaching decisions I've ever seen. No word of a lie. So the Chargers were very lucky to get away with this one. Uh, Fantastic game to watch, but gee, there was some, it was a comedy of errors towards the end of the game there. Yeah, a bit of Benny Hill music there. And yeah, I hope in this situation that, like you said, I hope it's not celebrated that he went for it. I hope it's not a but we won kind of situation. That's what I'm hoping from the Chargers. And the Browns, I mean, Jacoby Brissett's been, I honestly think, better than I thought he would be. Still not. 
putting the Browns in a fantastic spot. But I've seen some media people criticize him, and I just think, you know, he might be a bit of an easy target at the moment. And tell you what, the Deshaun Watson return game, um, I don't think there's going to be too many cheers in that one. Against the Texans as well. Yeah, you know, because the NFL didn't set that up beautifully. Yeah, 11 Um, games did seem like a weird league. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like when someone gets like a five-week suspension and it's like, well, is it four or is it six? It's just a cop-out. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Let's move on now. I we like to quote people on this show and sort of you know have a bit of a laugh, not take ourselves too seriously. But I'm going to do something that's never been done before, I don't think, and I'm going to quote you. Okay, just straight up, because you said I can't do your voice, and I'm not going to. But I'm just going to repeat your words. There is no way on this earth the Giants are going to be four and one. No way. Mm. Ace mid. <laughs> they did it. They're four and one. <laughs> Without Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones hasn't thrown a touchdown. Uh, sorry, he's thrown one in the last nine and a half quarters. And they're still winning. The first game in Giants history where they had three different running backs have rushing touchdowns. It's extraordinary. Daniel Jones situationally was better than Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you what, I didn't have that on my bingo card either. And yeah, the the Packers leading receiver was Randall Cobb, who yeah. at this point is about 71. So yeah. the Packers are in a hole and I'm not calling it just yet, but oh, I feel good about the Vikings call. And now admittedly, I made that call because I thought the Vikings would be good. I didn't have the Packers being this bad under yeah. wraps. And we'll probably talk about them in a tick. But the Giants, huge credit. Uh, Darius Slayton was their leading receiver. And 4-1, and one, you know, Teed says it. Sometimes all you need to do is be ahead on the scoreboard. And that's kind of what they're doing. And I give them an abundance of credit for it. Saquon looks like he's best. Daniel Jones has some moments where you think they just pluck this dude off the street. And, you know, if they can work around it, that's fine for now. But I am 100% in the camp of credit where it's due. Yeah, if you're one of those people who can't quite understand the impact good coaching has in the NFL, the New York Giants are your best uh, your best case to study. Like This is unbelievable what Brian Dayball is doing with this roster. He has got them playing some really good football. And situationally, you mentioned it, Daz, but situationally, they are so good. They just get the job done when they need to. Uh, Xavier McKinney made a really big play. And even taking the safety at the end of the game, you know, the, the punter took the safety at the end of the game to waste time off the clock. And Rogers didn't even get the Hail Mary off. He ended up fumbling because, you know, the Giants bought some pressure. They're just playing such good football. And it is exactly what good coaching looks like in the NFL. So all credit goes to the Giants at the moment. And as much as I struggle to keep finding ways for them to win every week, they keep proving me wrong. And if I can just cross sport for a second, it was Sir Alex Ferguson when he was coaching Manchester United who said, having the best team on paper looks good to your fans. The only team that wins titles is a team that does the right thing more than the best team in the league. Yeah. And I'm not saying the Giants are the best team in the league, but they are just doing the right thing so often. Absolute credit to you, Giants fans. And I know we'll talk about the Jets in a minute, but can you believe that they're seven and three between them? after yep. 10 games combined. It's extraordinary. 
there's good football in New York again, and we love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, anyway, let's move on. Well done to the Giants and the Packers. Uh, shout out to my older brother too, uh, Trenner, who is a Packers fan. And uh, they're going shit house, Trenner. So sucked in. Um, Cowboys uh, Rams. That. Yeah, cop that. He knows what he did. Uh, Cowboys <laughs> Rams. I mean, I wish we could get Tate on to talk about this because what an experience it would have been for the great man to be in the stands. But Smithy, I was a fortnight late, and this is why we earned the explicit tag. But the Los Angeles Rams can well and truly fuck off. For Dazzling, I'm out. Yeah, they're not a good football team at the moment. And look, you know me, Daz. I'm not one to toot my own horn, but... <laughs> I okay. <laughs> I absolutely nailed the preview to this game, uh, and it because it was the Cowboys' defense. It was mm. the Cowboys' defense who took over this game, and the writing was on the wall from the first defensive possession where Dorrance Armstrong comes off the edge and has a strip sack on Matthew Stafford, scoop and score to Demarcus Lawrence, bang. Seven points from your defense right there, because when you look at the Cowboys' offense, Cooper rushed through for 102 yards. Unbelievably low numbers in this age of football where throwing the ball around the field is your priority. He had 102 yards. You know, the, the running game got going with Tony Pollard and Zeke, uh, and they made the plays when they had to, a few big conversions from Michael Gallup down the stretch. But, you know, this defense, Micah Parsons was a menace, causing another fumble on Jared Goff. Uh, they had five sacks overall. They had a blocked punt, which set them up in magnificent field position. They just made the big plays when they had to, the Cowboys. And, you know, this defense is a special unit. I keep putting them up my defensive power rankings every week. And, you know, they, they genuinely could be the best defense in football at the moment. I don't think that's uh, egregious to say at all. The Rams, it really is a struggle at the moment. Their offensive line is not good. Their quarterback play is not good. Matthew Stafford is really struggling. And it just screams Super Bowl hangover, doesn't it, Daz? It's just mm. got that feel about it. You know, the team that won the Super Bowl, climbed Everest, got the ultimate glory, and just aren't quite primed to go for the next season. But the good news for the Rams is they've got the ultimate get-right game next week with my Carolina Panthers traveling to SoFi Stadium. So... Uh, if they ever needed a game to get back into form, this could be the one. But at the moment, they are not a very good football team. And with Baker out for reportedly a month with a high ankle sprain and PJ Walker starting, I mean, if the Rams lose that, I mean, my goodness. But that's a discussion for another day. PJ Walker's 2-0 and as a starter. Oh, he's put it out there, our man. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm just I'm thrilled for Teed. I mean, I'll start there. I know I said it before, and we give him a lot of shit, rightly so, because he's probably not even listening to us right now. His headphones will be in, but it's the information's just going nowhere. I do want to ask the LA Rams one thing though. Um, after work today, I did a seven-kilometer walk home. Can I have some of Alan Robinson's contract? Because it's all you're paying him to do. It's just go up and down and up and down, and that's about all he's bringing to the table. So if you want to just, you know, give Daz some of that, Dosh, I'm not going to say no, Smithy. Yeah, I think that's well and truly, you know, a, a fair fair request. I think you deserve some of that. Uh, yeah, they're misusing so. they him, him so poorly. Yeah, they call him A-Rob, and it's A-Robbery, what they're doing to him, the poor man. But the Rams stink. The Cowboys are going beautifully. Smithy's sick of me humour, and 
I get to launch into the Ravens and the Bengals. And uh, let's start at the back end of the game and then work, mate. Kickers, Justin Tucker, Mr. Automatic. They call him the manual car because he's just so clutch. What a man. Thank, thank God. I think I saw a stat. He's kicked, he's has made 60, 64 field goals Five. in the fourth quarter, or over 65 field goals in the fourth quarter quarter or overtime without missing it's just unbelievable what this man can do and during this dark time of me hating kickers justin (laughs) tucker is the light at the end of the tunnel i know there are people out there that can do their job and he is the prime example he is the greatest kicker of all time there's no argument bang there we go i like it the clutch gene is born in some so we'll start with the ravens now If your name's not Mark Andrews, and I think Devin Duvernay's been fantastic at times, and he made a couple of really nice catches in this one. But if your name's not Mark Andrews, Lamar doesn't have a whole lot to go through, and he wasn't throwing the ball well in this game anyway. I think he went 17 of 31 in this one. It just wasn't the right game. But you talk about sometimes you just need to be ahead on the scoreboard. He needed to get them within field goal range in that final drive. He threw, he threw, they had a penalty. He rushed for 19 yards. Kenyon Drake got the football. I don't know how, might have photos of someone. And then Lamar rushed, Lamar rushed again on third and two. Got Justin Tucker within the field goal distance. And from 43, he was automatic. I don't understand the Lamar criticism. Sometimes ugly games against good opposition, especially divisional games, you just got to win. He might have thrown the ball badly, but they don't win without him. No, absolutely not. You know, and that's right with these divisional games, especially AFC North. There's something about the AFC North divisional games where things just go a bit <laughs> wacky. And uh, he was missing Rashad Bateman, who's been his number one option at wide receiver this year. So he was a big out. They did struggle to move the ball at times, but Lamar made the big plays when he had to. And you can't expect people to go through the regular season and have 17 perfect games. This wasn't a perfect game from him by far, but hey, he beat a divisional rival at home in a game they really did need to win. They go to three and two now. And I think um, if they were to go to two and three, losing that game in the division, there would have been some um, panic signs, but they did what they had to do, Daz. Yeah, the Island team going strong for Smithy. Joe Already better Burrow. than Washington. <laughs> Joe Burrow, on the other hand, I mean, he was fine. The interception wasn't great. Let's be honest, but uh, the rushing touchdown, I don't know how many he's had in his career. It just looked unnatural to me. Is that fair or am I being a bit harsh on the great man? I think he's definitely got the ability to scramble, but he he took a few big shots as a rookie. And I think um, he's sort of starting to learn that you've got to keep yourself clean as a quarterback. The interesting one for me with the Bengals is Jamar Chase. Yeah, it's just not 50 receiving yards like is fine. But then you look at the year he had last year and you're going, huh? How is Hayden Hurst getting more yards than you? No offense. Yeah, it just just seems a bit odd because you you look at what he was putting up last season. Last season, he had 1,455 receiving yards and 13 touchdowns. Through five games this year, he has 343 and two touchdowns. You know, it's... It's a large regression and, you know, the, there's been games like, you know, you look at the New York Jets game from week three and he had 
29 receiving yards. You know, they, they're just really struggling to find ways to get him involved. And this Bengals offense as a whole has taken a real backward step since that Super Bowl campaign. And Teed and I sort of saw the regression coming, but mm. I think it's sort of shocked us a bit more than what we thought it would. Yeah, two and three. And the Browns with Jacoby Brissett higher than them in the divisional standings. I mean, that's just outrageous. And, yeah, I think you guys saying missing the playoffs might be a good call. But, yeah, massive congrats to Justin Tucker. Massive congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens who are ticking along nicely enough. Uh, the Panthers and the Niners, mate. You want to talk about Matt Rule getting the flick. You've got some stats behind you. You've got some happiness to share. So the floor is unbelievably yours. Take it away. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, the Niners were pretty clinical in this game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo played a really good game, um, limited turnovers. Jeff Wilson was effective running the ball. They spread the ball around to the receivers, and their defense was awesome. D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator, is the next Robert Sala, just in terms of um, his head coaching credentials and what he does on the sidelines. He's fantastic. He's energetic, and I love seeing it. So well done to the Niners. But, yes, the Matt Rule era in Charlotte, North Carolina is over, my friends. He was fired this morning, and thank goodness it happened, Daz, because I was starting to lose my brain watching these Panthers games at 4 a.m. in the morning. It was not doing good things to my mental health, so uh, at least we have a direction now. Steve Wilkes will take over as interim head coach. He had one year uh, as a head coach in Arizona. He's actually part of Brian Flores's lawsuit in terms of his termination as the coach of the Arizona Cardinals, of course, was replaced by Cliff Kingsbury. And uh, we know how that's turning out for Arizona at the moment. But he is a Charlotte man, and he will do a good job as the interim. Uh, regardless of win-loss record, I think he's going to be a good figure for the Carolina Panthers. But a few stats for you on the departure of Matt Rule. So... In games where the opposition scored 17 or more points, he was 1-27, and 27, which is just it's absurd. Just not okay. I mean, not okay might be the understatement of the century. That's just gross. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, the Panthers led in 19 of his 37 games coached, and we went 6-13 and 13 in those games. So... Uh, you know, more than half of the games we had leads we lost, which is just mm. absurd. <laughs> what um, you want? And this just goes to his quarterback evaluation because he was the one who wanted Sam Darnold. He was the one who wanted Baker Mayfield. In Matt Rule's time as Carolina Panthers head coach, the total QBR across all of the games he oversaw, 37. Lower than spiking no the way. ball every play. <laughs> That's holy shit. This is how bad of an offense this man ran, how bad of a talent evaluator he was at the quarterback position. And we are free, my friends. So <laughs> I think the roadmap now for the Panthers is get through this year. I think PJ Walker is going to play a lot. There's no point playing Baker Mayfield because if he plays more than 70% of snaps, the Browns draft pick goes from a fifth rounder to a fourth rounder. So we literally probably won't see Baker play again for the Panthers. He'll probably just sit on the bench. Sam Darnold might get some run. PJ Walker should probably start a lot of the season. 
get a high draft pick, hire the next head coach and draft either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Depending how high our draft pick is, I can see it being top three. So there's at least direction with my Carolina Panthers now, something that we didn't see in the Matt Rule era. And uh, it is like a weight has been lifted off our shoulders as Carolina Panther fans. It's 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 refreshing to have hope in this franchise. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit about it this morning, and this might be a silly question now that he has been fired, but I want to propose it to you anyway. If you could go back to week one, Cade York kicks that field goal, and it's like, fuck, here we go again. If I'd have told you that there's a chance that you could, by the end of the season, get CJ Stroud and have Sean Payton in the seat potentially, would it be worth it? Would the last two and a half seasons be worth would the rule era be worth it if the if Peyton and and your next starting quarterback get drafted in the top five, so let's say? If all of that aligns and we can end up with the best head coach on the open market and yeah. the best quarterback in the draft, mm. then it's all been worth it because that that's the only way that this franchise can get better because quarterback and head coach has been the problem since Cam Newton and Ron Rivera um, parted ways. So yes, it would all be worth it. Bang. There we go. I like it. And I know we mightn't have touched on the Niners, but like you said, mate, they were just clinical. They were just too good. They did what they had to do. And sometimes that's all you got to do was a good team. Yeah. They were always going to win this game. It was just a matter of by how much and, uh, they did a really good job. Their defense is unbelievable. Really fun to watch, but they have some injury concerns. Nick Bosa got mm. injured. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL, sadly. Jimmy Ward broke his hand. So they've got some big-time uh, issues on that defense. Now it'll be interesting to see how they play next week. It, it will, and what a tight division that is. Just a game separating first and fourth. Let's go to the Patriots and the Lions. And before... Before I get into the goodness of this game, I would just like to address one man and one man only. Jared Goff. Now, yes, you're on my fantasy team. That's not why I'm mad, because I still managed to win my fantasy matchup. I needed Travis Kelsey to get 28, and he got 33. So thanks, Trav, but we'll touch on you later. But Jared, when, when you get on a plane, now some people have reported in things like jet lag that they might leave their legs on the plane because they can feel a bit jelly-like or maybe your arms if you're in a tight, constrained space. Why do you leave your talent on the plane? I need to ask this question because you haven't won a game on the road as a lion yet. Why is that? Just Jared, Jared, Jared. I know you might still think you're a ram for some reason and that's why you're doing this but you get on a plane you still are expected to win football games okay let's make it simpler you're still expected to fucking score in football games that would be handy against the patriots yes their defense is fine your offense is good sorry the best in the league before this game started your offense is that good you got shut out in the game and you're still eighth that's how good your offense is what happened? Get it together, or I swear to God, I'm going to smack you so hard. I'm going to, oh, let's not threaten people. But Jared, get it right, because Dan Campbell might actually bite someone's kneecap and be sent to an institution for this behavior. And I've had it a couple. It was a complete train wreck for Detroit as soon as the game started, really. They were coming up against Detroit, uh, New England's third-string quarterback in Bailey Zapp in his first NFL start, who 
managed the game quite well, but it was the rushing attack. And Teed predicted it in TD's TDs. Unfortunately, uh, the man you just he picked was the wrong bloke. expecting, <laughs> unfortunately, the man he was expecting to dominate got injured. But it was Ramondre Stevenson who just took the rollers, the three down back, and rushed for 161 yards. And it, it just it was clinical for New England. Bailey Zapp, 17 of 21 in your first NFL start, not too bad. I don't think Bailey Zapp is going to be a, a long-time NFL starter, so I think that speaks to how poor the Detroit Lions defense really is. Mm. It's one of the worst defenses I've ever seen, to be brutally honest. And if they're not putting, if they're not doing a Carolina Panthers a few years ago and putting every pick into the defense, uh, their front office needs to have a good hard look at themselves because they have so many needs across that unit. It's not even funny. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And again, on the Patriots, uh, I think they're probably one of the better fourth place teams in their division so far. I know that they're a bit, you know, kind of not boring, but maybe unsexy, kind of like a lot of these NFL teams in terms of talking ability. I thought Jacoby Myers, 111 yards and a touchdown. He was uh, Bailey's guy. I agree with you. I don't know what Bailey's future is, but this game, he was fantastic. Of his four incompletions, one was an interception. But when you win 29-0, I'm not going to hold that against you at all. But Patriots fans, be up and about. They, of course, welcomed uh, Aussie Rules superstar and Brownlow medalist Patrick Cripps during the week too. So maybe Cripper just getting them over the line, carrying New England like he's carried Carlton for a decade, but a massive win for the Patriots back over to Smithy's last game. And speaking of people who need to give their paycheck to someone, the Falcons and the Bucks. Yeah. So this was, this is one of the biggest talking points of the weekend and everything looked quite normal i guess at three quarter time when the bucks are up 21 to zero and we're cruising along but the falcons came like a steam train in that last quarter it was 21 15 it was third down grady jarrett gets to tom brady for the first time in the game and makes what looked like a very good play sacking tom brady but out come the yellow flags and this was one of the worst roughing the passer calls I have ever seen in my life. And for those people who say there's no such thing as a superstar call, this is your example. <laughs> because if that is anyone bar Tom Brady, that flag's not being thrown. And uh, the Falcons were absolutely robbed of at least the chance to win the mm -hmm. game. I'm not saying they would have gone down and scored a touchdown. I'm not saying they were robbed of the win because it didn't directly affect the score, but they were robbed of the opportunity to go and win this game. And it does leave a sour taste in the mouth. Um, Tom Brady came up after the game and said, I'm not the one who makes the decisions. Don't come after me. But it's it does leave a really sour taste in the mouth. Um, it was ugly to watch because you just felt like that flag sort of decided the game in a way, and it's not what you want to see. You don't want to see referees influencing the game like that. And, yeah, if it wasn't Tom Brady, it wasn't called. We saw the tour play last week, and that wasn't even flagged. That was five times worse than this. Mm. If the tour thing affected this flag and why it was thrown, because it was a similar sort of tackle where the defensive tackle 
rolls the quarterback over and sort of slams him to the ground. If the tour thing had any say in it, I would have been like, okay. But the head referee came out and said that the tour debacle had nothing to do with his decision. So, mm. yeah, terrible refereeing. Hey. This crew got taken off the playoffs last year because of their poor level of officiating. And good to see that a whole off season did absolutely nothing to make them any better. <laughs> Yeah, we we give uh, we give it out to players who aren't getting better. But what's astounding for Tom Brady is I genuinely thought, and I'm not the only one thinking this, that all of his karma points went out the window with the tuck rule. Yeah. So like he got that, albeit the Falcons game didn't mean quite as much, but he got that. Surely he deserved twenty shit calls in a row to even begin to make up for that. But he gets this now. My goodness, but uh, yeah, credit to the to the Falcons. I think the way they came back, and I hope that what this does is make them extremely motivated to, of course, the next time that they play, and maybe trying to get a little bit of revenge on yeah. what's happening. Leonard Fournette, pretty good in this game, but let's go to my last game, mate, and that is the game today, the the Chiefs and the Raiders, and it was looking really, really good. If you're a Raiders fan and you're watching early, I think it was 17 zip at one point. Yeah. And then it just went downhill from there. All thanks to, well, it seemed like three men, uh, Patrick Mahomes getting it to Travis Kelsey four times. And whoever decided on fourth and I think two to throw that final ball, I think they might uh, might have escaped some criticism out of this game, mate. Yeah, a few puzzling decisions from Josh McDaniels. Um, and when they scored the touchdown and made it 30 to 29, initially when he made the two point play call, I thought, okay, trust your offense. You've just moved the ball. But when they got that stop on the Chiefs and got the ball back, if they had to kick the extra point, it's 30 all. The worst you can do is overtime. Mm. But as we saw, they were they had to drive the field from the five yard line to win the game, not try and win the game. So um, you just kick the extra point there and trust your defense. I think it's all well and good in hindsight, but um, the defense ended up standing up and making a play. And um, the fact that you went for two, it it meant that you had to try and go down and win it instead of. Um, you know, have a tie there as your safety net. So disappointing result. The play call on fourth and two, why are you throwing that deep on fourth and two? Surely you can get a nice little natural pick to the sideline, get out of bounds first down, stop the clock. You know, it, you see it all the time in the NFL. You put someone in motion across formation, little swing pass, get past the sticks, out of bounds. Easy as that. Why are you throwing it 40 yards downfield? Made absolutely no sense. And the play design for two of your wide receivers to literally run into each other, <laughs> that's horrific. So, uh, yeah, good effort by the Raiders, but Josh McDaniels isn't doing much to help himself at the moment. Yeah, and Devontae Adams, I think, sort of looking at the refs like, I've just gone down. How are there no flags? I just don't think he'd realized that it was Hunter Renfro that had... Well, if we're talking again, Aussie rules for a second, mate. Absolutely fair hit. Play on, shirt fronted him magnificently. And yeah, the Raiders, I mean, 
one and four, and it so easily could be three and one. I think that's uh, sorry, four and one, uh, three and two maybe. But yeah, can I do math? Teed's infiltrating my brain. Three and two. I was going to say. Yeah. Anyway, the, the um, Smith and Teed show instead of the Smith and Daz show tonight. Yeah, absolutely. But the the AFC West isn't going to let you account for mistakes. What a game, Patrick yeah, Mahomes. He just speaking of players that do the right thing more times than most others. Boys are freak. There was another egregious roughing the passer call as well against the Kansas City Chiefs. So the NFL need to go have a good hard look at how they're going to interpret the roughing passer penalties because that was bad. And the final note, you owe me a six-pack, my friend. I do. I do. Now, you're about an hour away from where I am at the moment, so it's going to be a bit difficult to get it uh, to get it to you, mate, but I'll fix you up when I can. We'll, f- we'll figure out a way. Yeah, it's at seventeen oh. I was at work just having a look, but at seventeen nil, I was thinking, alrighty, bottleos. Let's uh, let's have a look at some prices. How much am I? How much am I giving to Smith? And then they got in front, and my wallet's gone. Hang on, but yeah, a good result for the Chiefs and divisional games. Losing by a point, Devontae Adams. I'm not sure if shoving the cameraman over was the right call. Uh, by him, but let's get into the quick fire games, mate. The shortest review in history Broncos, Colts, uh, both should be ashamed of themselves. Amazon wasted $78 million, and my eyeballs hurt. Two of the most uninspiring teams in the NFL at the moment, and two of the most disappointing. Russell Wilson did have a small operation on his shoulder after the game, so uh, could account for his terrible play, but yuck. I can recommend my eye surgeon too, so we could actually see the whole field. That would be nice. Uh, the Colts, you won, and no one cares, pretty much. That's just good luck to you. None of you scored a touchdown, so is it really a victory? Ask yourselves that question. My God. Uh, Bill Steelers, my favorite part of this game, mate, was two things. One, Josh Allen's outrageous throw to Gabe Davis uh, inside the, the Steelers' end zone. And number two, Colin taking Steelers at the line. And he already called it his worst call of all time. And I don't need to add anything to that. Yeah, look, rookie quarterback going into Buffalo was never going to be fun. And the fact that he was down 10-0 to zero before even touching the ball uh, didn't make it any easier. So, um, yeah, brutal start for the rookie. Good to see him show some fight, though, on that late, mm. um, on that late low hit. He sort of went back at the defensive lineman, so... I like that, but he's still uh, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. Yikes. Uh, we'll, we'll go with raw until we can see <laughs> a bit more. Vikings, Bears, I mean, apart from the push, mate, the, the Vikings did what they had to do at the start and then stopped. And that's what worries me about this team. Their talent is pure psychological for mine. They're good enough to get it done, but once they're comfortable, they look abhorrent. And then it becomes an uphill battle, which is not going to serve them well come maybe playoffs or, or a fight to get there. Yeah, they shoot themselves in the foot massively every week, it seems like. Mm. They were up 21-3. to three. They were absolutely flying. Justin Jefferson was doing what he wanted to that defense. He had 10 catches at halftime. It was unbelievable to see what he was doing. And then all of a sudden, the offense just stalled for no apparent reason. Uh, they let Justin Fields loose a few times. Jeez, if the illegal block in the back wasn't called, that would have been... One of the highlights of the year, that Justin Fields scrambling touchdown, he just swerved through the entire Vikings defense. But unfortunately, the penalty got called back and a brutal fumble by Smith-Marset at the end there. Um, Cam Dantzler pretty much ripped the ball out of his hands. And it just goes to show that 
this game proves to me Justin Fields has what it takes to be a really good quarterback. He has just got no help. His offensive line is brutal, and Darnell Mooney and him are the dynamic duo, and that's what's going to carry them through the season. Yeah, absolutely. And this is coming from a man who is trying to save the Bears in Madden, so he's finding out twice, both playing and watching, just how brutal this franchise is. The Saints and the Seahawks, um, uh, another high-scoring game. The the Seahawks and the Lions have been involved in, I think, uh, eight. Uh, sorry, six of the top seven highest-scoring games of 2022-23 at the moment. So even though neither of them are winning very much, they're still pretty entertaining, high-scoring games. Geno Smith just keeps getting it done, and it's unbelievable, really. Um, he could be the guy for Seattle moving forward, and who would have thought we would have been saying that before week one? But, um, yeah, this Seahawks offense is so fun to watch, but like the Detroit Lions, their defense is brutally bad. Shout-out to Taysom Hill, who got seriously involved in this game. Three rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown. Uh, Andy Dalton just managed the game. Chris Olave caught another touchdown. He's been outstanding but did get concussed, so hopefully nothing too serious there. He is leading the race for our um, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, because he is doing some crazy stuff out there in New Orleans. But uh, you remember yeah. who drafted him out of us three? I don't think I did. I don't think any of us did, think, to be perfectly I think, honest. I think Teed might have. I know I took Drake London and I think Christian Watson. Uh, Teed had Sky Moore and someone else, but that's all right. Yeah. We'll come back to it another time. Yeah. Well, if he went undrafted, well, then, uh, well then, you know, we tick along. But 230-odd, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? Rushing yards from the Saints. I'm having a stroke over here, by the way, apparently. <laughs> that's how good Daz is going at the moment. Tyler Lockett, fantastic in this, 104 receiving yards. But, yeah, if they're going to be the anomaly high-scoring game, it, it's kind of if you've got no emotional investment in the game, it's kind of uh, – I call it like turn-your-brain-off movies, movies that don't really require a lot from you as a viewer. I don't think it requires a lot of you as an NFL fan. Just sit back, enjoy – and then you can kind of get on uh, with your day. Uh, the Jets and the Dolphins. Ah, uh, my Dolphins. Now, I mean, can their quarterback stop getting knocked out? Yeah. Is that – that would be nice. Um, and Skylar Thompson took a massive hit at one stage, yeah, and I thought, oh, no, he? he's done too. I didn't know what so, he was going to do at quarterback. <laughs> Uh, I think Tyreek Hill was going to take all the snaps and just rush them. <laughs> I think that I think that was the plan, either him or the Penguin. Um, but yeah, even with all the impossibilities in the last quarter, I mean, speaking of kickers, Jason Sanders, my man, just missed the field goal to put us up twenty to nineteen, and then from there the Jets scored twenty-one unanswered points and got a really really big victory in the end. They overtake the Dolphins in a second in the division. Um, I mean, massive credit to him. Zach Wilson's looked pretty good in his return. Some rust, rust in some patches, but not enough for me to be overly concerned. Whatever he's, uh, whatever he's doing with these milfs, mate, it's obviously working for him. Yeah, that Sanders field goal was just uh, uh, the domino effect started after that. So unfortunate mm. for him, who's been so reliable for the. Dolphins, but yeah, the Jets, shout out to him. Brees Hall had his best game by far as a yeah. pro, um, was really dominant. And 
yeah, they they just got it done. Um, they made big plays on defense as well with Sauce Gardner and Quinn and Williams standing up, which is is good for them because they needed that young core to start standing up defensively. Yeah, when you've got as dynamic a wide receiver group as the Dolphins do, when your leading receiver gets forty seven yards. Probably tells you everything that you need to know, but a massive win for the Jets and a congratulations to them. Now, Smithy, you said before the Broncos and the Colts find me a game with two more irrelevant teams. I offer you the Commanders and the Titans as somewhat of a rivalry. Yeah, I think it's a very close second. Um, it, it wasn't a very good game to watch. The Commanders had a chance, goal to go at the end of the game, and Carson Wentz throws a pick. And... You know, this is the Carson Wentz experience. They went all in. They put their their chips in the Carson Wentz sweepstakes, and um, Ron Rivera came out this morning and when asked what's going, why the Commanders are so far off in the NFC East, he said one word, and that was quarterback. Uh, if that's not a shot at you, Carson Wentz, then I don't know what is. And <laughs> with rumors flying around that Washington. Uh, bringing in Cam Newton for workouts. Uh, the Carson Wentz experience may be over quicker than we thought in Washington. Yeah, what a – I mean, who would have thought when he was at Philly that it would just he, end he would have He would have been the MVP if he didn't tear his ACL yeah. that Super Bowl season. That's like, he was fact. unbelievable. It's just – and then – I hope that it almost deserves a 30 for 30. Maybe it's just because I'm curious, but like this is a downfall that is just extraordinary. The Titans get the win, you know, good luck to them, I suppose. Well, their, fan, their fans will care, but do any neutrals? I would argue not. That's why it's in the quick fire. And we finish with the Cardinals and the Eagles. We started with hating on kickers. Let's end with it. Yeah, um, I guess I was happy because I locked the Eagles, so the missed field goal <laughs> was good for me. But um, yeah, it, it, it seems, seems to be very on and off your hatred at the moment. It just seems to be a trend that kickers are missing important kicks, and it it is brutal. Uh, a few things went against at uh, Arizona. Kyler Murray slid on second down, thought he had the first down. It was third and one. Cliff Kingsbury told him to spike the ball and it was fourth down. So it forced them to kick the field goal. Kingsbury did come out in the press conference and say, yep, I told him to clock the ball. It's totally on me. The stadium jumbotron said first down. You know, it's it's one of those things. He was very close to the marker. It just didn't go his way, but it was a 43-yard field goal. It shouldn't be that difficult to trust the <laughs> kicker to tie the game from there. So, yeah, look, massive problems. You did say we're finished with the quick fire games. We forgot one game. We won't need to spend much time on it, but it's the Texans and the Jags. Oh, yeah. It was, I it for a reason. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you for not wanting to talk about it, but Trevor Lawrence did throw a few really bad interceptions in this game, and that Jags offense just couldn't get it done when they needed to. Derek Stingley made a massive play, uh, made a few massive plays, but the interception in the end zone was huge. And then he had a big pass breakup on the final Jags drive. So uh, he was one of the bigger question marks in the top 10 of the draft. And he looks to be panning out so far for the Texans who get their first win and assure the Panthers are sitting at the number one draft pick after week five. Yeah, extraordinary. I do want to bring up something because, as you know, amongst many things, both good and bad, 
I am a curious person. I am full of curiosity about things. So when I saw the kind of throws that Trevor Lawrence was making, I was thinking, I don't think this is him. I'm going to scour for whoever has done this to this man. And I found it. About eight minutes after the Chargers game had finished, and that was the game we all thought he came of age, uh, Nick Wright started the hashtag, the prince has arrived. And since then, it's been a shit show. So, yeah, yeah. Trev. Say no um, more. There's your your problem right there. It's not your fault, son. Just work through it as best you can, and I'm sure you'll be back to your best as quickly as possible. You reckon Colin's betting picks are bad? My God, Nick's. His locks are worse than Teed's. Let's just start there. If that's not the most ironic use of a last name in the history of the universe, (laughs) then I'll eat my hat. Extraordinary. All right, let's get to who's under the pump. In week six, who are you firmly putting the pressure gauge on, my friend? Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley is under an immense amount of pressure. I don't care that they won the game, but his decision to go for that in that spot was absolutely atrocious. They're playing the Denver Broncos at home. If they lose to Denver the way they're playing at the moment in LA, every LA Chargers fan and their dog is going to be calling for Brandon Staley's head. So uh, yeah, he needs to win this game and win it well. All 400 of their home fans are going to be pissed. It's going to be extraordinary. Um, I'm going to, I've done a bit of that tonight. I don't know what kind of mood I'm in. We're recording this a bit later than usual and Daz might be grumpy. Who knows? Uh, I'm putting this firmly on Aaron Rodgers. I think that, your season right now is kind of going under the radar for some reason, but you have the Jets at home and the Jets are quite decent now. If you lose and go two and four or three and three, sorry, I mean, what is going on? You had Matt LaFleur on your coach's hot seat, didn't you, Smithy? I did. Yeah, well, Aaron might be just chucking himself in the bin with a loss, I reckon, with that. So, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, you're one of the best of all time. I'm not going to debate that. But right now, you're going shit ass. So that's where I'm leaving that. Let's get to the non-quarterback MVP, my friend. Let's get to it. So it was actually a pretty good week for the non-QB MVP this week. We had Mm. a lot of really good candidates and it was quite hard to pick. I think, Daz, you'll agree. We sort of jostled on a few different names, but... Uh, we ended up coming up with a few with the one vote. We've ended up going with Gabe Davis of the Buffalo Bills. And this is the definition of an efficient game, my friend, because <laughs> he, he only had three catches. And you might be thinking, Smithy, how is he one of the three best non-quarterbacks of the weekend with three catches? Well, with those three catches, he had 171 yards and two touchdowns. One of... The most efficient and beautiful games I've ever seen. He had a 98-yard touchdown on the first Bills offensive drive, and then he caught a one-handed TD in double coverage for about 50 yards in the third quarter. Unbelievable scenes from Gabe Davis. He was huge. Two votes. I think his shortest. Sorry, I think his shortest reception was 26 yards. Yeah, he had an average of over 50 yards per catch. Just 57, if you want to be precise, yeah. but go 
just ridiculous stuff. With the two votes, we've got Austin Eckler, who we spoke about before. 16 carries for 173 yards and a touchdown. He also had four catches for 26 yards and a touchdown. So that's that's 199 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. He was huge. The Browns had absolutely no answer for him in this one. And the three votes... This is efficient. This, this could be the efficient. This is the epitome of efficient, I would argue. A man who had 25 receiving yards has got the three votes, and he's done it because he scored four touchdowns on seven catches. It's quite obvious what they want to do, the Chiefs, and the Raiders had no way of stopping it. So um, for your efficiency, Travis Kelsey, you get the three votes, my friend. And no one has doubled up yet, so we're still stuck on our three, two, one. But that's okay. We move forward, and it's probably only going to take three A plus games to get the award, Smithy. But that's why it's so coveted. You really got to work for it. Yeah, you've got to you've got to have a few standout games, and I'm sure we're going to get someone soon. I can I can just sense a Justin Jefferson explosion next week. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. All righty, let's get out of here. Teed, hope you're going well. In the US, mate, Smithy's going to sign us off in signature style. If you're not following us on TikTok, go and do that. We chuck all the visuals up with all our pretty much our picks and our predictions. And over to you, Smithy, to sign us out. And, yeah, we can get to sleep and all those good things on a Tuesday evening. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, been a fantastic episode. The Matt Rule era is over, so fans <laughs> rejoice with me. Uh, share my joy for the rest of the week until we get into the week six preview. And I realize the Rams will beat us by 30, but thank you for listening. We will be back just the two of us again. Teed be well over in America, my friend. And for the rest of us, stay safe, everyone.